0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, a special episode of the Comic Source Comic Boom uh, collaboration. Tons of DC news today, so Rocky and I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and jump on here and and talk about all this uh, incredible news. I I guess starting with uh, Superman. So the the big news about Superman is that the regular Superman title is going to be ending, and Tom Taylor is going to be taking over a new Superman title called Superman, Son of Kal-El. Uh, we also already had the uh, announcement previously, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow from Tom King with art by Bilquis Evely. So that's coming. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is going to be continuing on Action Comics with artist Daniel Sampier. So we, we sort of knew this was coming. Philip Kennedy Johnson had been very upfront about the fact that once his kind of initial few issues of, of both of the titles were done, that he was just going to be continuing on one of the titles and somebody was going to be taking over the other one. Well, it turns out the other title is actually ending. And we're getting a new, uh, as I said, Superman with starring John Kent. Uh, Also announced today, Superman and the Authority, which is going to be uh, a limited series written by Grant Morrison with uh, art by Mikhail Yanin. So that's coming as well. Launching on July 20th. So a lot of shakeups in the world uh, of Superman. So what were your uh, initial thoughts when you heard these announcements, Rocky?
1: Well, I gotta tell you, I was, uh, I've, I've got, it's such a mixed bag for me. I love, uh, I mean, you and I were talking about it, uh, along with, uh, Dark Knight about back in the day. I, I, I either wanted Mark Wade or Tom Taylor on Superman. I, I, either or. My first choice was Mark Wade, but I gotta, I gotta admit, I love Tom Taylor. And I'm happy that he's on Superman. Of course, there's a part of me, and Jace, uh, you mentioned this earlier when we sort of uh, tweeted uh, back and forth, and that is that is John is John Kent really Superman, right? And uh, it's 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 sort of like well, look, when if I'm going to give Dick Grayson a chance, and I collected Batman when Dick Grayson was Batman, shouldn't I give John Kent a chance? Uh, because look, uh, I'm getting one out of two here. I want I want. The Adventures of Clark Kent, Kal El, as Superman, and I want Tom Taylor to write it. That's fantastic. If I gotta settle for Tom Taylor writing John Kent instead of Clark Kent, (laughs) I suppose I can live with that. I will. uh, I'll be. I'll probably be a little bit more cynical the more we talk about it, and uh, you share your thoughts. But I'm going to choose to be optimistic only because Tom Taylor has rarely disappointed me. He's always impressed me. He's just between Deceased, between Injustice, between Nightwing. He's a master at creating character moments that are emotional and ha- have emotional gravitas. And and quite frankly, I've got some concerns about maybe whether the artist John Timms uh, can illustrate those uh, character moments. But I'm more than willing to give Tom Taylor uh, all the benefit of the doubt here. But I got to admit... You know, and we'll talk about Future State. Uh Future State, Superman and Metropolis, John Kent. It, it's not a character that I've that first impressions were terrible, quite frankly. And I don't know, man. What what do you think? Any any reason to be optimistic here or what?
0: Well, yeah, I mean the only reason I'm optimistic about this at all is because as you said, Tom Tom Taylor is, has earned our trust. Um I I kind of felt like you felt about the future state title it wasn't good and that's putting it lightly both in terms of narrative and art wise with John Timms Uh, I've seen John Timms do decent artwork before though so I'm less concerned about that I feel like that has more to do with kind of the mess that future state was and the everything but the kitchen sink approach that Sean Lewis kind of threw in there visually for Timms to represent Certainly Tim's art when he was doing Harley Quinn, it was also a bit busy, but again, that suited the narrative. Uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and and think that whatever Tom Taylor's narrative is, it's going to be much simpler and cleaner than a Harley Quinn book or Superman of Metropolis. And Tim's art could possibly uh, reflect that. So as far as that goes, I'm, I'm completely keeping an open mind on Tim's and, and what the book will look like. And I'm just going to judge it on its own merits. Uh as far as Tom Taylor writing a Superman book, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I see everybody congratulating him on Twitter saying, hey, we know Superman's your favorite character. Congratulations. We know this is a dream gig for you. You're writing Superman. And I just want to yell out, no, he's not. This <laughs> is not Superman. Let's get that out there 100%. This is not writing Superman. Superman is Kal-El, period. And the story of Kal-El is still being told by Philip Kennedy Johnson over in Action Comics. It's clear that what he's doing is just continuing down the path of getting to that point of Superman and that story that we had in Future State, Superman, War of Worlds, Worlds of War, whatever it was which we also didn't care for and it felt like uh kennedy was trying to get to the 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 emotional weight and gravitas of superman but sort of missing the mark Uh, i felt like he couldn't see the forest for the trees because he was so overwhelmed with the concept of superman and forgot to give us character for kal-el and i mean honestly in those two stories he wrote we hardly hear The, the first story superman doesn't even say but a few words <laughs> like it wasn't a superman story it was a story about what people thought about superman not a superman story yeah you know one is yeah. narrated by superman but i still feel like it wasn't a superman story it was you know i was talking about that that personal hero of uh of kennedy johnson's who he was kind of comparing to superman so i feel like we still in those issues didn't get a true feel of Superman. And then when we were talking about his first action comics issue, what did I say? It was 13 pages before Superman actually said a word. Yeah.
1: I, I think, yeah. Frankly, what shocks me about the whole damn thing is, is that all of those rumors that we heard, what feels like a year and a half, two years ago about what, what the future of the DC universe was before, before everything collapsed and the pandemic hit, all of those rumors and storylines that we thought were outrageous and ridiculous—they've all—they've all bore fruit. <laughs> Here we are, we—we—we got—we got endless winter. We got future state. We're getting this Superman in authority. We're getting this outrageous uh, uh, John Kent is the Superman of Metropolis now, and we're getting Superman's going to be out in space. And we're getting all these storylines that, frankly, never excited us when they began as rumors. They're all true. I mean, they're pretty much all true. Guess what? Bleeding Cool was right. <laughs> they pretty much got it right across the board and, and along with uh, all, all those rumors. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm a little bit dismayed by it. The, the only, uh, what I find interesting and what I hope is with, with Tom Taylor, you know, because now with with the synopsis of Super, Superman, Son of Kelow, with him taking over Metropolis... Obviously, now it appears that Superman is going to be leading the Authority, and apparently trying to rescue some people, rescue uh, people on Warworld, and he's going to be going up against the Ultra Humanite. Apparently, is the villain uh, that Superman and the Authority will be fighting. And it's it's this is only I understand this is only a four issue series yep. by Grant Morrison. That's correct, right? Yeah. And to me, that's, you know, it's interesting because Grant Morrison has an interesting history with The Authority. Back in the day, he only wrote two issues of it, and then it it basically collapsed under him, and he got frustrated with it, and he never did continue with it. But I think that Grant Morrison is a wild card, but I actually am really looking forward to this. I think that Superman and The Authority, I think this is an exciting combination. I think that nothing is going to test Superman's morality and his own method, his His modus operandi, Superman's modus operandi, how he operates as a hero, is very much at odds with The Authority. We know that. Anyone who's ever read The Authority knows they're very, very different heroic mindsets. One's heroic, one's arguably anti-heroic slash almost villainous at times. And it's going to be a very interesting test for Superman. That's why I really like the idea of Superman and The Authority. I regret, frankly, that it's only four issues long. If ever there was a longer series for Superman, uh, in, in my view, I would like to have seen this a, a little bit longer. I'm curious, uh, Jace, your view. Uh, we, know that, we know that John Kent's going to be taken over for Superman on Earth. What do you think of, of Grant Morrison taking on Superman and the Authority?
0: You know, it it all comes down to the, what I, how I feel about all this stuff, who, who, who asked for this. And I get it. Like, you know, so many times we hear from publishers and uh, editors and in chief and whatnot about, well, you got to get, you give the people what they don't realize they want. You know what they, you give them what they need, not necessarily what they want. Nobody asked, no fans were clamoring for John Kent to be aged up. Nobody's clamoring for John Kent to replace his father. I didn't hear anybody clamoring for a Superman and the authority title. I'm not a Morrison fan, as you know, Four issues. Yeah. It's going to be a convoluted mess that likely just leaves a bunch of storylines dangling. To be honest with you, I was very, very, um, unimpressed with Morrison when he relaunched action comics with the new 52. I don't expect his characterization of, of Superman to change. Um, I much like, Philip Kennedy Johnson future state. I, I don't think the Superman and the authority issues will be Superman stories. He'll be part of a, an ensemble and and not an important part is my is my feeling. Um, you know, we see the costume there, which is sort of reminiscent of the t-shirt and jeans that Morrison gave him when new 52 started. So I, I, this is the probably the Superman news that I'm least excited about. I I agree with you that the whole idea of the authority would, would certainly test Superman's morality. This idea that the authority really takes the whole idea of heroes as gods and using their power to do what they feel is right. Substituting their judgment for the judgment of the common man, uh, which is kind of antithetical to to what Superman stands for. So in in concept, it's interesting, but I have a feeling in execution, it's, it's not going to be something that I'm going to enjoy, but I could be wrong. Um, I mean, in McElhenney art, I'm I'm picking it up. You know, the fact that it's Superman, I'm picking it up. Um, but the fact that it's Grant Morrison, you know, like I, if this was an artist that I really, whose style I really didn't enjoy, like if this was, um, let's say, it was John Romita Jr. working with, uh, working with Grant Morrison on this. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was Superman, man, I would struggle to pay yeah. <laughs> money for that. I, I probably wouldn't, to be honest with you. I probably would would read my preview copies and and call it a day. But the fact that it's McKellenine art, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a read. Um, and obviously, th- this Superman out in space with the Authority, uh, you know, going hand in hand with leading up to that that War World where it's mo- you know not the Ultra Humanite who I I enjoy as a villain, kind of a classic. Uh, earth two villain actually from the golden age and that's right uh, infinity yeah infinity incorporated so that's interesting but obviously leading up to war world and mongol as the the villain so i feel like this is going to tie in this may be a stepping stone to get the uh, action comics title to to the war world storyline that that kennedy has been building to kennedy johnson has been building to but it's also the reason why john kent has to take over as as uh superman on earth right because his dad is gone and you know, the, the press release specifically mentions that in the future when John was at the Legion, he was kind of there's, – there's stuff that's – there's information missing. And he doesn't know exactly the day that his dad dies or what have you, but he's got to prepare himself. He feels like it's going to happen soon. And I get all that kind of stuff and that sort of character building. I do trust Tom Taylor to get us there, again, asking the question, who, who wanted – who thought it was time for John Kent to replace his father as superman i would argue that nobody feels yeah. that way and you yourself mentioned dick grayson as uh you know taking the cowl at some point and even that was con- somewhat controversial it was a whole battle for the cowl who should take over obviously it's a different situation here there's not too many people who can take over for superman as superman other than his son because nobody's that powerful um but the, there's one huge huge difference obviously Dick Grayson ends up taking over as Batman when Batman is believed dead, but has actually been traveling through time because of the Omega beams of Darkseid. At that's at that point, Dick Grayson had been around for what? 50, 60 years. Well-established character, clearly a hero. We know who he is. He's had his own series as Nightwing. Lots of buildup. Multiple times. Yeah. We know who he is. I would make the argument that we still don't know who John Kent is. Some some writers want to explore this trauma of him being trapped in a volcano Traveling through time, aged up, born in one universe, raised in secret in another, now a hero in a third, and all that kind of stuff. We don't know who he, and maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is what we need uh, in order to understand who John Kent is. But uh, my argument would be, I'd rather have a John Kent series while his father is here on Earth mentoring him. You know, similar to call it Superboy if you want, yeah. call it whatever. I mean, we had a a con superboy series for a long time that i think with him sort of going through the trials and tribulations of being a hero making mistakes learning from his father that i would be more interested in seeing rather than saying hey look he's headlining the superman book uh with everything that comes with that with all the expectations heaped upon the shoulders well, when he is still a relatively new character well, who hasn't really been ast- especially a character at this age yeah, he hasn't and, been established of who and, he is, his well, characterization, it's, it's, his beliefs, his abilities, his yeah. uh like I don't have any faith in him to be Superman. I wouldn't believe in this guy. You know? What what have you well, shown me? Well, it
1: that's it's exactly right. We we know nothing about him, and we're and this is gonna be like a crash course in getting to know John Kent. And and I love Tom Taylor, but I I gotta tell you, if Tom Taylor pulls this off, he's really gonna impress the hell out of me because i mean it's it's actually more more difficult, and you know, I told you I was going to get more cynical as we progressed here, and I'm going to be very cynical right now and this is why my faith's in Tom Taylor, but building on what you 're saying, I think it's even worse than what you 're saying uh, we don't just we know nothing about John Kent we don 't know who his friends are we only we, i mean he 's seventeen years old now he can he 's got to stop hanging around thirteen year old Damien sometime, and in fact he has uh He's, he's got no girlfriends, no dating life, no private life. Does he even have a job? Does he have a secret identity? He can't have a secret identity. Everybody on the planet knows who he is because they know who his dad is. And he's just been around for the last year because he has been in a volcano for how long? How does he make money? How does he earn an income? Does uh, Lois, Lois and Clark aren't rich? What, what does he do, fly around and just help people when he's bored? Where is the drama going to come from from this story? I don't. I literally don't have a handle. Who's his best friend other than Damien? We. This isn't going to be Super Sons. Damien is not going to be, as far as I'm aware, in Superman's Son of Kal-El. And frankly, I hope he isn't, because he has to be able to carry a comic book on his own. And where's all the where's all the supporting cast? I mean, you, you, Tom Taylor literally has to build a, an entire infrastructure for this character, because as you so aptly indicated. We know nothing about this older uh, son of
0: Calao, and the argument gotta... could be made that he doesn't know who. So often, who we are it happens in those formative years between thirteen and seventeen. Yeah. He spent that time alone in a volcano, apparently. <laughs> so Jesus. the argument can be made he doesn't know who the hell he is. Yeah. So yeah, you're 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 asking a lot. And obviously, the, the the answer to the question everybody was asking uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson about, "Hey, are you going to de-age John? Give us back the John we want?" Well, he couldn't because this was on the horizon. So what? Eventually, this is going to end, right? Superman's going to come back. We know Kal eventually is going to take back take over. It's a billion dollar IP. They're not going to sw- swap it out from underneath us. Um, so then what, ha- then can we get the, can we go back to having the real John Kent? Will it, will it depend on how the series is received? There's a lot of questions to be answered here. And uh, again, I go back to that fundamental question of who in the hell was asking for this? <laughs> Cause I sure don't, this is not something I want. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for the best because it is Tom Taylor, but Oh my God, we're piling a lot on poor Tom's shoulders to be able to pull this off. This is going to be a Herculean task. If he's able to, uh, to pull this off. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. I don't, I, I don't know. I have my, I have my reservations, but I'm obviously hoping for the best. Um, I'm certainly glad that, that Philip Kenny Johnson is going to be down to only one book uh, I, I, and not, yeah. I'm not interested in that war Worlds. Even if I liked it, even the worlds of war, or whatever, even if I thought Kenny Johnson was doing a good job, it's feels so derivative of the exile storyline, which in my mind is one of the classic Superman stories of all time. When he exiles, he self exiles himself from earth because of this. He, he kills the villains of uh, an alternate reality or, or a different dimension with kryptonite. And it, it, yeah. it weighs on him. the guilt of that weighs on him. And he, he develops this gangbuster persona and he's out there, being much more violent than he should. And he's, Oh, I I can't have this much power and be mentally unstable. He fly, he leaves earth. <laughs> it's one of the great stories of all time written by Roger Stern. And it went through all the different Superman books. And it just feels like Kennedy Johnson loves that story too. And is trying to to replicate it in a way. And Superman ends up, it's the same thing. He ends up on this war world where there's gladiatorial battles and all that. So I feel like we've been there. We've done that. Give me something else. Kenny Johnson's not able to do that. then, at least he's only on one Superman book. Um, but really, there is only one. I mean, obviously, Superman and the Authorities, you could call that a Superman book as well. Because when I say Superman book, I mean a Cal-El book. Um, and Superman and the Authority obviously mean a miniseries. So um, I don't know. So we're, we're going to have one Superman book, which will be action comics, and one John Kent book. I'm, I, I, gotta, I, I have to get in the habit of calling the Superman title. Which is actually Superman, Son of Kal-el, the John Kent book. That's because in my mind, it's not a, it's not a Superman book. So,
1: yeah.
0: uh, but no, I, I, no doubt that Kal-el will eventually return to the pages of a Superman title, eponymous title, um, and they'll, I imagine they'll start it over with the new number one. They won't pick up with whatever it would be, number thirty-one or whatnot. So, well,
1: okay, well that's Superman is. Uh, what's, what's next on the agenda? What, what news do you want to cover next?
0: Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk much about the Supergirl stuff, but I guess there's not really much to say. I mean, it's Tom King and Bilquis Evely doing a Supergirl book and she, she's off fighting in space too. So she's not even going to be there to help out, uh, John Kent. I wonder if that's purposeful is all I'll, I'll mention about that, but Tom King and Bilquis Evelie and all, all the stuff that we've seen looks like it'll certainly be a great great story supergirl uh, yeah. woman of tomorrow
1: Tom King uh, mentioned he mentioned it he said it his supergirl uh woman of tomorrow he said if you liked his uh walmart superman uh Superman story yeah, you'll like this one yeah. yeah and and I actually didn't mind that to be honest and andpilcros everly is is an artist that i I love her work on 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 Sandman and uh in the i believe she did some of the dreaming she's a She's, I really like her art, and I'm actually looking forward to this artistically. That's uh, uh, it's eight issues long, and so artistically, I'm looking forward to Supergirl. Something about Tom King his writing is sometimes hit and miss, but man, DC always gives him fabulous artists, and so I am actually looking forward to see what he has to say about Supergirl. Uh, I will confess that the plot line and the synopsis seem somewhat tropey and derivative, but yeah. Tom King, admittedly, he does ha- have propensity to surprise me pleasantly from time to time, like he has with Rorschach. So, or Rorschach, as we've been enjoying. So my fingers are crossed on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, Bill was right. Her work on th- the Sandman universe stuff has been fantastic. And th- that's why when she was first announced as Supergirl, I was like, God, I, I I, don't know if that works. You know, her stuff works when it's more magical or ethereal. Um, and it does have the somewhat of a feminine quality to it. So you can see why they put her on Supergirl. But then it's going to be out in space. So maybe she's going to be drawing aliens and stuff. And, I, you know, she's pretty talented. So I could see it. Then they started releasing some preview pages and it looks pretty damn good. So that was kind of my one hesitation uh, about it. But that's sort of been removed with the art that I've seen. Uh well an- another thing that was announced today and I did get a, a press release for this as well as the superman uh and I didn't for the the third thing we're going to talk about which is kind of kind of interesting but but anyway it's it's a Shazam limited series a 4 issue limited series it's from Tim Sheridan uh the writer of uh Teen Titans Academy we've got Clayton Henry on uh the line work and Marcelo Maialo, who is a colorist whose work I really enjoy uh he's handling the the color work so um, it's Billy Batson. Apparently his powers are out of control. We know that, uh, that he's at the, the teen Titans Academy right now. He's trying to learn. So I'm not sure a hundred percent why they're giving him his own title. Is this once again, a way to sow some seeds or continue, uh, toward some of the storyline that we saw in future state where, uh, Billy Batson sacrificed himself, uh, and and made a, a really bad deal with Neron and Neron himself possessed the body of Captain Marvel while Billy Batson was stuck in some version of hell. Uh I don't know. But I, I'm I am glad we're getting the Shazam book and you, you gotta help but wonder if it's DC doesn't realize, hey, we gotta keep a, a Shazam and or Black Adam book on the stands. There's movies coming up. They're in development. So I don't know. Tim Sheridan hasn't been that impressive to me yet with the future state work he's done or the first issue of, of teen Titans Academy. So I, I guess we'll see Uh, maybe with a, a smaller cast, you know, it's only Shazam. It'll be better. Um, I will say that a couple of the variants that I've seen, there's a, a main cover by Gary Frank. And then there's a one in 25 Steve Lieber cover. They're both absolutely amazing. And uh, Clayton Henry is an artist whose art I do enjoy. But I mean, if I had a choice, I mean Gary Frank is my my all time Shazam artist. Yeah. <laughs> when he did those the the backup Shazam run in, in Jeff Johns Justice League, that was it. I I don't ever need anybody to draw Shazam except for for Gary Frank. But uh, yeah, I, I mean I'm interested enough in this, I'll, I'll certainly give it a try.
1: Yeah, I I do think though, and and you you made references to it, the, the Shazam in Future State. And the way that over overlapped with Teen Titans Academy, it was a little bit of a confusing story. I think uh, I think uh, Tom Sheridan, he he sort of maybe bit off a little bit more than he could chew. And because it did relate to, you know, the Rock of Eternity and then trapping Raven in the Rock of Eternity and then raving, absorbing the unkindness and then ultimately the unkindness ending up in the future, destroying the f- I don't know the six hundred fifty third century or Black Adam was with the future Justice League, and then Black Adam coming back. I mean, that's a quick Coles notes version, and I don't know why that's
0: I don't know why that's confusing, Rocky.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the fact that I actually said that as quickly as I did, I, I almost impressed myself, and I've been drinking, so I don't know if that's just alcoholic memory on my part or what. I I gotta drink and read comics at the same time more often, apparently. But in any event, I. I'm I'm hoping that maybe this is uh, these stories, these Shazam stories. I mean, you're right on the covers; they're fantastic. The Libra cover is really good. I'm seeing it for the first time as I'm showing it on the screen. It looks incredible. Uh, I it, it should be noted that uh, uh, well, it is only three ninety nine, which is surprising because I think that the price tag on the Superman titles are actually four ninety nine. That we we should, yeah, we should mention definitely... the price increase, and it's only twenty two yeah, pages. The, oh,
0: well, the so Action Comics is a forty-page title, so I can see why that one would be four ninety-nine. But the first issues of the other series are only twenty. Well, Superman, Son of Kal-el, is a twenty-two page, so you get an extra two pages. To me, that doesn't warrant a whole extra dollar. Um, so, yeah, I, I, hopefully, it's only for the first issues because, yeah, I mean, a, a regular twenty-page story for four ninety-nine is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: No, but well, it's uh, again I think price creases are probably a reality that we're going to have to deal with, but I mean we'll see. I mean, you know, I got with Shazam and Black Adam w- Brian Bendis is is absolutely converting Black Adam into the sort of like the good guy that he must become in order to save the future from the from the unkindness or what have you from future state and with obviously we want to get some positive pressure with Shazam, and hopefully that'll happen here and it's interesting that d c is there. these are all mini series these aren't series and i'm I'm curious as to your thoughts do you think that's a that's a good way to do it that that they're playing it safe do you get a sense that they're playing it safe, or do you think it displays a lack of confidence in the uh, quality of of uh, of the of the
0: product no, so one of the things I like they I don't even know if it's necessarily a lack of confidence in the product so much as it's an unknown creatively, you know, um, yeah. future state was, was two issues for everybody. I mean, four gives does give you a little more leeway at least by the time three comes out, you should final order cutoff anyway for three. If you're a retailer, number one should be on the, the stands and you should have a, a decent idea. So I think that might have a little more to do with it than, than anything. Um, And and we knew this was coming, you know, DC themselves said they're going to do a lot more digital first. They're going to do a lot more miniseries, you know, with the the shakeup and editorial over there. They just don't have the bandwidth to do a lot of long stories and people don't seem to necessarily want longer stories. Uh, I don't know. People's attention span is is somewhat limited. So I think it's fine. Uh, I I wonder how long it'll continue. At least they're telling us it's a miniseries as opposed to Marvel, which, you know, just puts out whatever. And then when the last issue comes out, Oh, by the way, that was the last issue, you know, <laughs> uh, they're kind of stealth miniseries that aren't even, uh, announced as such. So at least they're telling us. And I think that will help sales. I mean, there could be people that could be on the fence about this Shazam series or the Superman and authority, and then tell them something, well, you know what? It's only four issues. Let me go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and pick it up for the first couple, you know, because if I like it, there's all, I'm only committed for, you know, a couple more issues. And then it's done. So I, I, I yeah. think it's fine. Uh, I, I think we'll see more and more of this. I mean, there's a lot of publishers that don't put out anything long for them. Aftershock's a good example of that. Five, six issues and, and you're out. Um, it kind of stinks sometimes because you really love the story and you want it to continue. Uh, and that's not to say you can't come out with a volume two or a season two or, or what have you. But there's something to be said for knowing that a series is just going to continue. Um, like the Joker is a great example, right? Like how long is, do they plan on running that? We have, we have no idea. And I don't remember hearing, actually, maybe I will call DC out. I don't remember hearing that, uh, Ram V Swamp Thing was only going to be 10 issues until the second issue came out. Then it was like two of 10 and you're like, Whoa, 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 wait, wait a second. This is only, uh, 10 issues, which, you know, I'm not a Swamp Thing guy, so it really matter to me, but I don't know. Swamp Thing is one of those characters. I always expect him to have a title. So. Yeah, well,
1: I, I'm sure, like like you said, it they can probably read the sales and the the writers probably got more than one story in the bag if to tell if if there's if there's a sales success and if they get the go ahead for another story arc. Hopefully that'll 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 be the case. So we'll see if Swamp Thing gets extended. So far, I'm liking it and Joker. I, I thought Joker was only going to be twelve issues, but maybe. But I, frankly, if if that keeps it's going so well right now and it's. Yeah. I, You know, I, you know, if it's good, obviously convert it to a regular series. I mean, let's let's get the ball rolling here. I mean, but, you know, we're, when we're talking about the Superman titles here, we, we've said repeatedly, like Jeff Johns said about, of Superman in, when, in, when he wrote Doomsday Clock, Superman truly is the North Star of the DC Universe in, in the metaverse. And maybe the metaverse doesn't exist anymore. We have an omniverse instead. And maybe we have an Omega world, and maybe we have an else world, but Superman is still the north star he 's still where Superman goes in terms of quality the the rest of the d c universe at least thematically and in terms of the emotion and the feelings, and the uh, it tends to follow so so I, I think that you and I maybe we're a little cynical, but uh, uh, I think we have I think we have some con- legitimate concerns here, but fortunately, Tom Taylor. I wanted to say something so cliche. I'm going to say it right now. I think the man writing Superman, Son of Kal-El, is tailor-made to change the course of <laughs> Superman comics. <laughs> I know it was bad. I it. had to say it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he can at least establish who John Kent is. I mean, that that's what's important to me. And I hope for Tom's sake that eventually he gets to write a Kal-El book because we all know that's that's a really writing Superman as opposed to to this but maybe he'll change my mind. You know, I would like nothing better than at the end of his Superman son of Kal-El run to go, you know what? Tom Taylor wrote a, a great Superman book and, and mean it because I'll actually feel like John Kent is Superman. Whereas, you know, I certainly didn't feel that way in, uh, in any of the future state books. So anyway, speaking of uh mini series uh, on to the, the next announcement DC made today, Dan Jurgens reunites with booster gold and blue beetle as they become social media celebrities so there's a eight issue title blue and gold it's it's finally here it's been rumored you know many times and many uh, booster and blue beetle fans have asked for it for forever hey can we get a blue and gold title starring booster and blue beetle and this all stems from the incredible work that uh jm dematteis and keith giffen uh, along with artist kevin mcguire did with for, they were the first ones to put uh booster and, and blue beetle together in the late eighties in the justice league, the Boah ha ha era, yeah, the justice and league was,
1: international. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, yeah, I was started as justice league and eventually became justice league international. Yeah. Uh, and then was just justice league after that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's referred to as comedy gold. And uh, they, I mean, they were, they were repo men at one point. They owned a, a gambling casino resort at one point. Um they even had corporate sponsors with like patches on their costume at one point. So if there's anybody who, who can pull this off, it'll be Dan Juergens who created, uh, who created Booster Gold in the eighties after a crisis on infinite errors. And, and the other part of this is so the so Booster apparently is uh, he he's got this deal to uh, to be sponsored and, and it all has to do with social media and whatnot and he reaches out to Ted Kord because Ted Kord knows technology and computers and whatnot. And he's like, okay, help help me out. Um <laughs> because I need I need better social I need a better social media presence and whatnot. And so um I I mean it's when you think about it, the whole idea of social media would be exactly what Booster would be into, the whole self-promotion and you know, he would be checking constantly how many followers do I have. You know, he, he would be on Instagram. He would be on Twitter. He would be on all those things. And I mean, it's absolutely perfect. Like when you think about social media, it's almost like if, if booster gold could think of a way to, to self-promote more, the idea he would come up with would be social media. Like this is perfect. Right. Uh, obviously it wasn't around when, uh, Dan Juergens created him in the eighties. So this is a a story that you've sort of feel like is a long time coming and being that it's, uh, you know, th- these guys teaming up, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle teaming up is is something fans have wanted for a re- really, really long time. Blue and gold. So, yeah, it, Well, it, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. One of the things I did think, though, when I saw it, uh, and I should also mention Ryan Sook is going to be drawing it, and his art is incredible. But when I first saw the announcement, I just saw um, DC Comics announces Blue and Gold, and the first thing I thought was uh, how you and I had just talked about Um, the gold beetle showing up in flash and how we were, uh, I I think when I put put out the tweet about us talking about the issue, I mentioned that we wouldn't be surprised to see gold beetle in (laughs) her own series very, very soon. Um, And so when I first, I saw DC announces blue and gold, I was like, wait, already, already they're putting gold beetle in her own, uh, her own book. But no, this is actually the long awaited booster, gold, blue beetle, blue and gold title. But I would really not mind at all if Gold Beetle shows up here because she'd be kind of like the third uh, stooge, you know? She'd be the the third uh, part of the team. I could see her fitting in with these two goofy guys. And I I think the last time we've seen these guys together, correct me if I'm wrong, wrong, Rocky, was in Heroes in Crisis. And that was a much different story in tone. So very different tone, to yes the, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're getting back to the more lighthearted roots of uh of Booster Gold and Blue Beetle here, and I think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I, I i wholeheartedly agree with you. I actually think that um I got a little bit of a my own particular bias in regard to Booster Gold stories. I actually always preferred when he did less of the time traveling. I I actually liked really? more of the lightheartedness be, now I know he's from the future, but I, I actually think that um, uh, I, I I always liked it, like in the classic days of of the of Justice League, the 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 Giffen era of the Justice League and Maguire, that that humor between Booster Gold and uh, Black Canary and uh, uh, Guy Gardner and and Blue Beetle and uh, and Fire and, and and Ice and all that jazz, and and even the classic Maxwell Lord before he became a mind-manipulating psychopath. Uh, those are just, that. the humor of that era is something that I remember very fondly, and I think that we kind of need that, and it, the way I'm reading the synopsis here of Blue and Gold, it, it, it seems to be a little bit more, it frankly seems a little bit sort of classic and somewhat tropey, to be very blunt, I mean manipulating the media for narcissistic purposes that that's classic that's absolutely classic booster gold and blue beetle always along for the ride and always supporting his buddy with his billions of dollars and there's you know Dan Jurgens has written so many booster gold a part of me thinks that maybe this is definitely going back to the going back to the original creator and saying yeah go ahead and write this there is a part of me that wonders if maybe we haven't gotten that maybe Dan Jurgens is is not the right person for this to be very blunt I know it might be sacrilege for me to say that but he's written so many booster golds I don't I don't really know that just cuz he created them I th- this is only 8 issues long I don't know what's going to be established here I I really hope that he does something demonstrably different it doesn't seem that way to me and maybe I don't know. I, I guess you can disagree with me, and and that'd be fine. I just, I I would like to see some. Dan Jurgen's is not funny. He doesn't. He's not good at humor. I, I, he's never been particularly good at humor, to be honest with you. And he's sort of like, um, I, I guess I feel just like DC put Stephanie Phillips on Harley Quinn and Harley Quinn needed that breath of fresh air that Stephanie Phillips brings to Harley Quinn. I actually would have liked to have seen a different writer on blue and gold quite to be quite blunt about it. Um, now maybe I'll be, uh, I, but Hey, I'm open to be pleasantly surprised. And, uh, I, you know, Dan Juergens is a classic writer from my youth, but he's, uh, I, I'm, I'm not really expecting much. The art's fantastic. But you know, Dan Juggens surprised me. Prove me wrong. But Dan, I think I think that you're just gonna give us the same old,
0: same old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have I've had that conversation with Dan before about specifically about Booster Gold and how he'd written, you know, ninety percent of of Booster's issues. You know, when you take out the Justice League stuff and you're just talking about, you know, a, a booster gold uh series, and you know, we talked about that and about how more than any other character Dan's ever written he he feels uh, a kinship kind of an uh like a father son relationship with with booster and it's hard for him to see other people and now this was years this was a conversation that Dan and I had like 5 years ago mm-hmm. or so so you know it's it's been a while and and other people have told other stories with booster now certainly tom king um but I get what you're saying i mean typically when you think about comic writers who inject humor into their stories you don't necessarily think of uh dan jurgens but that very first booster series that 25 issue it it did have humor in it but it was it was it wasn't laugh out loud funny it was uh almost a satirical take on booster coming back in the 80s you know the the reagan era and uh greed is good and and that sort of thing so it was yeah, uh, it was a little bit of a different type of of take on it. So I get I get your point of, you know, if you if you were talking about the classic era of uh, Dematteis Giffen Justice League, you're talking about you know one punch Batman, you know one <laughs> punch knocking yeah. out Gre- like those are laugh out loud moments That's from right. Giffen and Dematteis and and you know wonderfully illustrated by by uh, Kevin McGuire. So yeah, I mean if you're expecting that level of humor here and I think a lot of people will, can Dan Juergens deliver that? And the answer is, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he can. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I, Dan Juergens is a, 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 car- a creator who I respect very much, and I enjoy his work. So... Um, well, he's you know, earned,
1: I, just like Tom Taylor, Dan Jurgens has earned the benefit of, of my doubt. Uh, but I just wanted to express my doubt, because I expressed it for Tom Taylor, and I love Tom yeah. Taylor, and I, I love Dan Juergens yeah. too. But I, like I say like you know all of this we're we're, i'm cautiously optimistic about all this stuff you know
0: yeah well the other thing about this is you know ever since future state was announced and you know we didn't see jergens name on anything and you know just wondered like what's what's dan jergens doing that's somebody that's a creator who's you know i want to be sure i know what he's currently working on and that he he has work um you know, you hear this whole idea of, of creators aging out of the industry and they want fresh voices and this and that. Yeah. Dan, he's sort of on that. He's getting up there. You know, he's been around a long time since the early eighties on, on warlord. He started as the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder, you know, is he one of those creators who's on the bubble who, who I'm worried is, you know, not gonna, you're not going to see work from him, uh, at least not at the big two. Um, but hopefully he's got something in his back pocket. He could go, I think he has enough of a following, he could go over to Crater Own to give us something that could, you know, maybe that's where we get our long form storytelling. So I guess we'll see. But I, yeah, I'm I'm not the world's biggest blue and gold fan in and of itself, but I've always been a, a big Booster Gold fan. So I'm definitely on board for this. And I, I obviously, like you said, Rocky, I hope it, I hope it's good. For me, it doesn't have to be laugh out loud funny to be good. Yeah it can be a good story. But again, I think a lot of people are going to expect it to be laugh out loud funny. So I hope even if it's not really humorous and funny, that it's just good and that people don't call out Dan because it's not funny. And, you know, say, Oh, this isn't making me laugh. It's garbage. Well, no, I mean, if it's good, it's good. If he takes that, if he takes that Avenue and tries to make it funny and it doesn't land, that's one thing. Um, but I, I want to go into it with an open mind and judge it for what it is. Uh, but I will say, you know, fingers crossed, like you said, there's nothing worse than a comic that tries to force humor and it doesn't land. Yeah, that, that, that's painful to read.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the good character moments. I mean, these are buddy buddies. There's there's nothing yep. better than a good buddy buddy comic. And Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are the classic buddy buddy guys, and Blue and Gold. I mean, the title, the title writes itself. It's just, I mean, it cries out. It's a, it's almost surprising that we haven't had a title called Blue and Gold before, because this, you know, this is something that it, it's surprising we haven't gotten it already. And you know, frankly, let's let's all the power to Dan Jurgens. Let him, uh, let him, let him strut his stuff and entertain us.
0: Yep, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, well, the other news today is DC announced their top four finalists for the the Round Robin, uh, this Round Robin tournament they've been running, which I, I, I don't know that I've said this on social media. I know I, I think I've told you, Rocky, but uh, this isn't a Round Robin. I, I don't know who at DC decided to call it a Round Robin. A Round Robin tournament is where just about everybody plays everybody else. There's more than one. This is single elimination. Round Robin is the... Uh, a- absolute opposite of single elimination where you, you play a set number of rounds. That's why it's called round Robin. Cause you're playing a bunch of people in the first round and you play a bunch of, and then they eliminate the bottom so many, and then you play a bunch of people in the second round. You play a lot. This is single elimination. It's the exact opposite of round Robin. Yeah. They're anyway, not, they're so not sports to...
1: fans. You know, they're, they're, they're comic yeah, creators, yeah. you know, they never I, play I sports. Guess.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess. So uh, we never covered it after we got to round two. Uh, so we're going to sort of do that now because that was the thing. Like when we first, when it first got announced, we got a, a, like a sentence or two about what each story was about. We didn't get the creative teams and we were told to vote. And then when we got to round two, we learned who the creative teams were. And in the, the, the first bracket, we had Green Lanterns, Underworld on Fire, which is the Kilowog Kyle Rayner story. It's going to be written by Cena Grace with art by V. Ken Mirian. And that was going up against Zatanna and the King of Nightmares which was going to be written by the Soska sisters with art by Vanessa Del Rey. Uh, We also had animal man, Lobo scorched earth, which was to be written by Heath Corson with art by Scott Hepburn. And that was going to get up against Robbins uh, written by Tim Seeley with art by Baldemar Rivas. And then over on the other side of the brackets, we had blue beetle graduation day written by Josh Torillo with art by Adrian Gutierrez and Jesse quick control, written by Stephanie Phillips with art by David LaFuente. And then finally we had Superman and Lois Ignition written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing with art by Vasco Georgiev and Suicide Squad 7 written by Rex Ogle with art by Diogenes Neves. So those were the matchups. Those were the the elite eight as it's called when we're talking about these single brackets and right or wrong, good or bad, depending on what you shows and there were votes on Instagram and Twitter and I wasn't really paying that much attention to the Instagram votes I got to be honest I was mostly looking at Twitter so when I saw these finals I was sort of surprised um actually Robins and Blue Beetle were way ahead on Twitter so I'm not I guess I'm not that surprised Suicide Squad and the Superman and Lois story were neck and neck on Twitter uh so again I don't know what any of those things look like on Instagram but what's interesting the Green Lanterns going up against Zatanna on on Twitter, it was about 60% or more for Zatanna. And I thought Green Lantern would have no chance. And then when they announced the winners today, sure enough, Green Lanterns had won out. So um, once we get to this final four here, uh, Green Lanterns defeated Zatanna. Robins defeated uh, Lobo Animal Man, which that's no surprise. Robins is kind of the one Batman entry into this. And I kind of expect it on the strength of Batman fans and how popular Batman is to that to win the the whole thing, to be honest with you. Um, Blue Beetle defeats Jesse Quick Control, which once I found out it was Stephanie Phillips, I kind of wanted that instead of the Blue Beetle because this is the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle. And then Suicide Squad, you know, obviously I'm being a Superman guy. I probably would have rather had Superman the Lois, but that's fine. So anyway, those are the winners, Green Lantern, Blue Beetle, Robins, and Suicide Squad. Now we were told once we got to the final four that we would see preview art. We'd get about five pages. We'd get more details on story. We'd get a, a better look before we uh, start voting to see what we want with the final four. Well, when DC announced these as the winners today, they said, whoa, 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 hold on. Voting is not even open yet. Voting actually doesn't open for the final four until May 5th. So, you know, that's over a week away, almost two weeks away. So, I got to think the reason that they're holding off is, remember what I just said? We're going to see some preview pages, five pages of each. Uh, We had speculated, Rocky and I, about how we might see some of these other stories. DC is not going to throw away good pitches and work that they've paid for. Um, And, you know, a lot of these stories, Justice League uh, queer immediately comes to mind, had a lot of support from fans. So you have a feeling some of that stuff might see the light of day. But either way, this is stuff that DC and DC creators have invested in. Even if they don't win and move on to another round, they may want to come back to it. Uh, but apparently that, that investment didn't go so far as to actually drawing much other than probably the, just the images that we saw in these few rounds. So I imagine being able to see five preview pages of each of these four stories, they probably aren't done. They probably aren't finished yet. They may not even have started or have only barely started. But seeing five pages in two weeks is definitely doable. You know, you figure about a page a day for a comic is about how long it takes to uh, get it, you know, drawn and colored and inked. And uh, well, a lot of things now are drawn digitally. So it's digitally inked and, you know, colors added in letters and whatnot. So uh, a couple of weeks is more than enough time to give us five preview pages of, of each of these stories. So I imagine that's what the delay is. Um, yeah. But I, I got to admit that I think having that delay kind of ha it, it sort of wastes some momentum of this uh, initiative. So I think they maybe should have started sooner, but then again, if they only wanted to pay for the five pages for the final four, I guess they had to wait and see what was going to win.
1: I I'm uh, I'm really disappointed with the final four with, with only one exception, Every single one of these final four, except for Green Lantern, I voted out in the first round. <laughs> I, I, hmm. I, 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 wanted Jesse in the first round. I voted for Jesse Quick over Blue Beetle. In the first round, I voted for uh, Swamp Thing: House of Secrets over Suicide Squad Seven. In the first round, I voted for GLQ over Robbins because I wanted to see the train wreck over the over an yet another Robins book. Uh, I did vote for Green Lantern, I believe, over Ada Candy. Uh, but I, there's no way I would put Green Lantern ahead of Zatanna. So honestly, I'm I'm very disappointed with my fellow comic collectors. And <laughs> I I say that very selfishly, of course, because it's all about me. Because that's what this is all about. I get to vote how I want. But honestly, uh, out of these four, to me, it's a no-brainer. I'm. It's not even a close to me. This out of these four, it's Suicide Squad all, all the way. If I Suicide Squad seven. I got no interest in another Green Lantern book. Blue Beetle, we, are, we, we got Blue Gold now. Why do I need a Blue Beetle, another Blue Beetle book? Why do I never, another Robin's book? At least Suicide Squad 7. There's different members on a Suicide Squad that so you can have more variety there and it's more exciting. We got a movie coming out. It's more hype. It's better for the speculation that I engage in from time to time as, as a collector. Um, I'm just, you know, I still say though, I'm glad DC did this. I'm glad they did this and even though like you said it's losing some momentum and that's true and you're right it's not actually a true round robin but i still say that it, it it's fun it still say it it's kind of a token attempt of engaging with fans but at least they're doing it they're trying something new they're you know and and they're not they're not being complacent and i mean at least they they're trying it's admittedly it's it's not necessarily the greatest uh, marketing ploy that they could have come up with i think a lot of their storylines from future state that that we're getting and then superman here and then metropolis the the stuff we just finished talking about i think a lot of it's been on down the pipe for about a year and a half so they uh this is probably the first truly genuinely original titles that the these are original ideas that i'm guessing they probably only came up with in the last 6 months which is saying something and so uh, I just I like I like the more obscure titles. I think that DC has always thrived on its B and C list characters, and it's better when when they get the spotlight. And uh, remind me, Jace. I mean,
0: did did you vote? Did any of these four get by your first round picks? Well, okay. So I think you you certainly voted in the second round for Jesse Quick over Blue Beetle, but Blue Beetle was w- went in the first round didn't go up against Jesse Quick. Oh, Blue right. But I, I voted for, for Night, Night Runner,
1: Love in Paris. Night Runner yeah, is the uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, Night Nightrunner yeah. is the Batman of Paris. So, I mean, why Night. does, I can't believe people would vote for
0: Blue Beetle over Nightrunner. Yeah, that was the one other sort of Batman entry. So, yeah, no, I, I voted for, because again, I didn't know Stephanie Phillips was writing it. So I voted for the Jimmy Olsen and the Super Pet story over Jesse Quick. But I know you voted for Jesse Quick in the first round. Yeah. Um, but, I, but when it came down to Jesse Quick versus Blue Beetle, I did vote for, for Jesse Quick there. So... Yeah, not and and I enjoy a good Jaime Reyes uh Blue Beetle story. So but you know, even now I much rather would have Jesse Quick by Stephanie Phillips. She certainly seemed excited and enthused to do it when we uh when we spoke with her. So no, I did not I did not pick that. Um I did pick Suicide Squad Seven over Swamp Thing. Uh and I did pick uh, Superman and Lois over Astria. But then when it got down to Suicide Squad Seven versus Superman and Lois, I obviously voted for Superman and Lois. So again, uh, I'm shut out there. So on the right side, neither one of my choices made it. Now on the left side, uh, I did vote for JLQ. I knew Robbins would beat it, and it did. Um, I voted for Son of the Creeper uh, and lost that one as well. Lobo took that one. Um, I did vote for Zatanna over Ambush Bug. I'm just not an Ambush Bug guy. And Green Lanterns was probably one of my favorite choices of all of them because, to your point, we have a Green Lanterns book, but it doesn't have Kyle Rayner in it. And I am a Kyle Rayner. I mean, a I love point. Hal Jordan, but Kyle Rayner and Kilowog, it's just a, a, great, uh, a great team up. So then in the second round, you know, when Robbins went up against Lobo and Animal Man, I did choose Robbins and uh, Green Lantern, Zatanna, I chose Green Lantern. So uh, I got both my choices on the left and I got neither of my choices on the right. So I do sort of agree with you that I would like to see anything but Robins actually win. <laughs> um, just because we got so much Batman content already. I would take any of these over, um, over Robins, but I'm voting for Green Lantern. And I'm not sure what I'm voting for on, on the other side of this, uh, whether I'll vote for Blue Beetle or Suicide Squad. Um, because I feel like we do have a lot of Suicide Squad. We have the movie coming up. Sui- this Suicide Squad Seven is is like har- Harley Quinn centric. Uh, but what may sway me is the fact that Diogenes Neves is is doing the art on Suicide Squad Seven. And if you go to the DC page and look at the little bit of art that we have, that art is is fantastic. It's it's just one big splash from Diogenes Neves. And and it it looks good. It looks really, really good. He's an artist that uh, probably flies a little bit under the radar. I don't know that a lot of people uh, are familiar with his art. But uh, so I may give him the nod just based on the fact that the art on it looks uh, looks spectacular. Um, and, and not to say that the uh, the Blue Beetle graduation day art looks terrible because it doesn't. It looks good as well. But to me, it doesn't hold up next to the uh, the art, the splash page that we got for. And I, I don't know if this is a cover or just a, a kind of a concept art piece, but yeah, it's uh, it is really cool looking. So I, I probably am gonna vote for Suicide Squad, but until I until I click the button, who knows? Me fly <laughs> by the seat of my pants and click the button blindfolded and uh, with my eyes closed, and, and just move my mouse around, and who knows what I'll end up voting for. So. But we got a while we got a while to think about it because yeah May fifth, um, and I, I wish there was a world where they could have made five preview pages for all of these or at least been working toward them, um, so we didn't lose two weeks of of time because yeah I, I think the momentum of it being lost will interest wanes you know there's a lot of distractions out there especially entertainment wise uh, but I do agree with what you said Rocky I'm glad DC did this it is a lot of fun and. Uh, I guess ultimately we'll see how many of these see the light of day. Um, I mean, honestly, I'd love to see D- DC do this like two, three times a year, you know, and anything that doesn't make it, um, like I would say anything that makes it to the final four would be disqualified from the next round. So you take those four out and you put in four new ones and let's go again with some of these same, with the majority of these same concepts, or maybe, maybe you have a threshold, Right. If anything receives, you know, fewer than, I don't know, 10,000 votes or makes it into the final four, you throw it out and you replace those ones with new concepts.
1: Or or how about how about having a one shot, uh, a a big one story for each of these with a beginning, a middle and an end, a one shot for all of them. And at the end of every one shot, you know, at the end of every month, there's a vote. I think that would be that,
0: that would be that would be ideal, right? So how we have 16. Uh what if we got, you know, let's say I guess 16, if it was five, it'd be 50. That that'd be an 80 page giant, right? Do an 80-page giant, give us five pages of each of these stories, you know, and let us actually read five pages of each of these stories. And then we vote on the one we want and the winner gets its own it doesn't even have to be a full miniseries, you know, it could just be the, the continuation of the story It could be a one shot in and of itself with those first five pages and then give us, you know, the rest of the story or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, I would be all for that, uh, for sure, being able to read at least five pages. We've seen other publishers do something similar. Top Cow did something. Uh, they called it pilot season. Many, many years ago, where they gave us the first issue of a bunch of different series. And then, uh, based on sales, what sold the most was what got what continued with the second, third, and subsequent issues. And the rest of them just existed as one issue of a series that we never, you know, got the rest of them. So, yeah. Well, any other news? Did we cover it all? Uh, we covered all the DC stuff. I, I did wanna uh, I, I mentioned this to you, Rocky, right before we started. There was one other announcement today, it's pretty big from Image Comics. Kyle Higgins and Felipe Wantanabe are launching a new series called Ordinary Gods this July at Image. Uh so I would encourage everybody if you follow Kyle on uh Instagram or Twitter to go and, and check out the the uh description of the series and and the the press release. There was uh it was announced on sci-fi wire. Uh, it was an an exclusive scoop for sci-fi wire. And it it talks about this idea of there being five elder gods, the luminary, the prodigy, the brute, the trickster, the innovator. And they were the leaders of this war of immortals. And they got uh, defeated and they were trapped. They were sent to a planet made into a prison, that planet of course being earth. Uh, And it's basically the story of a a 22 year old who finds out that he's one of these kind of uh, immortal gods and what that means and how he's on his journey to become a God again. And, uh, just, you know, I'm a huge Kyle Higgins fan because everything he does is amazing. I love his, the way his mind works, the stories and narratives. Radiant Black is selling out every issue. I keep telling people, pre-order this. Pre-order Radiant Black. It's really good. And then every issue comes out and it, up. Oh, this one's sold out. Got to go back to another printing. If everybody that wants to read it were pre-ordering it, they wouldn't be selling out because they overprint, but because people still aren't listening, I'll just pick it up off the rack. I'll pick it up off the wall. They'll have a copy. I'm telling you, man, they won't always have a copy. If you want Radiant Black and you don't want to miss it, be sure that you are uh, are picking it up. But Between Radiant Black, between his work on Power Rangers, uh, which is probably the only work of his I've never read because I'm not a big Power Ranger guy, but The Dead Hand... Hadrian's Wall, Cowl, uh his work on Nightwing. Um yeah, I'm just a big Kyle Higgins guy and uh, I love his work. So when I when I saw the press release today, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pay attention uh, Ordinary Gods and I don't know, we may have Kyle on to, to talk about it. We'll see. Uh you yeah. know, we had him on to to promote Radiant Black because I was worried it was kind of his first creator owned. I wasn't sure if you know, it would do well well clearly i didn't need to to worry kyle's got a pretty good following and has been doing really well so yeah and we may and, have him on we may yeah, not so yeah you as you indicated before in the interview yeah, that he
1: gave with you uh he did mention he did make the comparison to invincible and if people really like the story of invincible like the cartoon i think radiant black has that potential it has that potential yeah. to be a future invincible and it's worth checking out and, and i say it to all Comic book speculators out there, you know, instead of uh, spending all your money on a on a ratio variant, you know, <laughs> buy some more independent comics and give up those ratio variants and take take chances on these independent titles and and uh, like Radiant Black because I I think it's well worth it and it'll pay dividends in the long run. It's a great long term investment, both because uh, you're getting good story, good story spec and and probably a pretty good long term
0: prospect spec wise too. Yeah, I don't spec on much. Uh, and I don't really do graded comics, but uh, I did pull the trigger on a, a radiant black. Uh, here, I'll, I have it right here. I'll show you. <laughs> right on. Yeah, so this is this is one of the variant covers. Uh, and this was sold through uh, Skybound. So it's a 9.8 graded foil radiant black number one and i think it was limited to 250 so the only the only thing is i wish that it was i wish that it was signed they didn't it's not signature series that's awesome Um, but it is a foil 9.8 radiant black number one so uh, i only bought one though so you know and i bought it i totally bought it on spec like planning to resell it but now i think well but wait this is my only foil Raining Uh, black number one.
1: Can I see that again? Can can I see that again?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just care. And that's uh what is that? uh, What ratio is that? One in 25, one in 50?
0: Uh, Yeah. It's the one in 25 cover.
1: Man, that's gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Tyler Tyler Kirkham cover. So I I don't know. If I ever decide to sell it, what I probably would do is I'd take some of the proceeds and buy a non-graded. So I'd still have a one in 25 cover, but obviously the... You know the graded one because I, I I don't know I'm not big into slabs they they're a pain to store and uh, so comics should be opened and read in my opinion for the most part but I just you know that uh the whole idea of how much an, an Invincible number one is going for and Invincible number one was one of my books that I was always on my list I need to pick that up I need to pick that up and I I I started getting serious about it at WonderCon a number of years ago and that Saturday morning at that WonderCon was when they announced that invincible was in development as a movie and i had been at a booth the day before and they had a number one there i was thinking about it it was 180 it was ungraded and the reason they didn't grade it is it was kind of crunched on one corner yeah and i thought about it overnight i was going to offer the guy 150 and then kirkman made his announcement at WonderCon that morning hey we're in development on the invincible movie i go back to the guy's booth he's got the same same exact book 300 bucks (laughs) <laughs> i was like you just doubled the price no uh, no bro i'll yeah i'll hope that the movie doesn't happen and it dies you know the spec dies down and eventually i can find one and of course it didn't the spec didn't die down it changed from being a movie to be an animated series and now i mean a thousand bucks minimum for a invincible number one i never i never got one my own fault. I knew for years it was a book I needed to get my hands on. You know, people were comparing it back then to to Amazing Spider Man. Obviously, it didn't have the longevity. Kirkman didn't keep writing it. It only won 144 issues, but it's certainly doing well on uh, on Amazon. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's nice to see. You. Nice, nice, nice to see a. You.
1: you know, I mean, we all got stories where, of of comics that we've lost out on. Uh yep. it it just shows, you know, it happens to, it happens to the best of us. I got a couple of horror stories myself of uh, missing out on stuff like that. But uh, you know Batman that, Fortnite. Yeah, it's exactly I, I missed out on Batman Fortnite. You know, all the all the talk that I do, I I talked to talk, but I didn't walk to walk on Batman Fortnite. How could I have missed screwed up on that? My my retailer's pretty upset with DC, and I think my retailer's probably slapping himself, too. He should have been more on the ball. But, uh, you know, Marvel had uh, Fortnite covers back in October, and they didn't sell
0: very well. But it wasn't a story. You know, this is... This is uh, yeah, well, this- it didn't have a... It didn't, those Marvel comics didn't have a code to give you something in the video game. And I think yeah. that's what the gamers want, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but speaking yeah. of Invincible, I guess I, I I showed one slab. I might as well show the one other slab I own. <laughs> yeah bought this so i bought this at the same time so this is a 9.8 invincible number one but with red foil so i figured this was and obviously so this went on sale before the show came out and so i thought well you know i so i bought it at the same time as that one on a at a skybound auction that's my other spec um and i'll happily sell that one because i have any number of of invincible number one reprints they've reprinted that thing yeah, So many times, but uh, of course it hasn't brought the price down on the original at all. Yeah. Um, so even the Larry comics version, which you could get for a song for many years, uh, which is interesting because it's actually a lower print run than the regular issue now goes for a, a, a substantial amount. So yeah. say la vie. As you said, we all have our stories about books. We uh, missed out on.
1: Yeah, no, it's all good, but uh, all right. Well, i I think that covers most of the uh,
0: most of the news we wanted to talk about, isn't it? Or: Yeah, that's it. Yeah a lot, of, a lot of news today. i I do wish that these publishers and image does a good job. Aftershock does a good job. they They drop news throughout the week. D.C. and Marvel, they always drop their news on Wednesday. There's already enough going on on Wednesday. We want to talk about the new books, announce stuff on Thursdays and Fridays. Nobody ever announces anything on Friday, which I get it. You don't want to announce it and then have people forget about it by the following week. You want to announce it when there's a couple days for buzz to continue. Uh, But man, Fridays are slow news days. It doesn't make for much to talk about. Um, And Wednesdays are so crowded with new. I want to talk about the new books and make sure people are checking out the books that hit stands that day. And they dropped all these, this news on Wednesday and, it's a little, you know, whatever. Uh, PR, I, I agree with you. PR is a tough job, so.
1: Well, I like it. Uh, plus, we can talk on weekends. I got my weekends free. Give me some news on yeah. Friday so I can talk about yeah. it on Saturday and Sunday with my YouTube friends. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, the world's supposed to revolve around my schedule, you know? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's me, me, right. me, got me, me, you know? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more narcissistic than uh, Booster Gold, so uh <laughs> You know, if Dan Juergens wants uh, wants a character uh, piece, uh, if you want some insight on Booster, he can call me. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has your number.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But, anyways, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up
0: then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, everybody, if you're watching this on the uh, Comic Boom YouTube channel, be sure you're smashing that subscribe button. Hit the like. Uh, That notification bell will let you know whenever Rocky has a new content up. Uh, If you're listening to us uh, on any podcast platform, uh, we really appreciate a a subscription or any comments you can leave on uh, iTunes or Spotify or Google play or whatever you listen to it on those comments always uh, help us with our visibility. So we, uh, we do appreciate the support Uh, reminder that Rocky and I collaborate every week on the DC spotlights, which also drops on both platforms uh, on Tuesday. Full spoilers, so be be warned for warned is forearmed. Uh, We do cover all, for the most part, all the DC books that come out each week, both on YouTube and uh, on the podcast. So uh, we appreciate the support, as always, and we will talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us.